Hello and welcome to the Muni Lowdown. My name is Mary Ellen. I'm the assistant editor here at Detwire Municipals. I'm joined by Seth Brumby, the deputy editor, and Greg Clark, our head of municipal research. Paul Graves is out today. He is at Harvard attending a series of talks this afternoon on state pension underfunding. Uh, On that topic, there's been a lot of conversation about Kentucky's pensions. They are viewed as the worst funded in the nation, and their governor came out with a release earlier this week saying that they've come up with keeping the promise, a plan to save Kentucky's ailing pension systems. But that release was preceded by a strongly worded letter from some of the judges in Kentucky saying that their pension system, as it's closer to funded, shouldn't be touched. And in the governor's release, it talks about moving the legislators to a defined contribution plan from a defined benefit plan. And for those that are still working in a certain level of rolling into a defined contribution plan, but it didn't seem to talk much about the judge's plan. So he might've gotten what he was looking for. If you have to adjudicate it, I wonder if those judges might have to recuse themselves in which case, where do you, where do you actually litigate your reform if the judges have already come out against it? Hard to find an impartial audience. Good question. Yeah, because are the other judges going to want to say no just on principle so that their governor doesn't look to them, you know, Ohio or someone else? No, that's always a hard thing with municipal law is that very often the people overseeing your your fight or your mediation are directly impacted by it. Saw the same thing in Detroit leading up to that bankruptcy. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen a lot of the same stuff in Illinois with their pension systems. Another state which in the past has been in contention for most poorly funded pension plan. We've been taking a look at their pensions in relation to a big bond issue that, actually two big bond issues. Earlier this week, they sold $1.5 billion in general obligation bonds. Next week, they're selling $4.5 billion. The bond proceeds, $6 billion total, will be used to pay some of the state's backlog of unpaid bills, which is roughly about $15 billion, and which has increased by leaps and bounds in the years in which the state was operating without a budget. Unfortunately, the fiscal year 18 budget, according to the governor's Office of Management and Budget, is already out of whack by about $1.5, $1.8 billion dollars. The governor said that when the budget was passed over his veto this past July that the budget was going to be out of balance. And even given that the uh, the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, is a gubernatorial agency, it's the only estimate that we have out there now. The legislature has not, has not come out with a budget estimate to date, so it looks as if there's going to be a budget for fiscal year 18. And unfortunately, with the political rancor on both sides there between the governor and the legislature, there's probably going to be a pretty bitter budget battle coming up in uh, the spring and early summer of night of excuse me of 2018. That was great alliteration. A pretty big budget battle. Or I planned that out. Bitter, I, but it... I practiced it. <laughs> and there's a little bit of news also, not as much, but a little bit of news with uh, Chicago and with Chicago Public Schools regarding the schools, our Chicago reporter, who's, I should say, our reporter who's based in Chicago, she does a lot more than just Chicago, uh, Caitlin Devitt, 
wrote an article about the amount of debt that the Chicago Public Schools has that is at a variable rate, and it's costing the district a lot of money. If they refinance that debt with the bond ratings they have, which are all below investment grade, it's going to cost them a lot of money to, to, to uh, refinance that debt. So that's a, that's a problem for them. And Chicago just came out with its budget, the city of Chicago, and the mayor announced that the city is going to have the first tax of any city in the U.S. on ride-sharing programs. The tax is going to go to the Chicago Transit Authority. It's going to be, I think, 15 cents per mile, I think, in the first year, going up to 20 cents. So anyone who rides Uber or Lyft or any other competitors in Chicago is going to be paying a little bit more. It's an expensive uh, ride from the airport anyway. And then on top of that, I mean, 10 cents for a mile out to O'Hare from the loop. Yeah. Uh, it's going to, yeah, it does. Yeah. So the, the other big thing with the Chicago budget is that the mayor wants to refinance a lot of the city's general obligation debt, which is low rated. And in its stead, uh, obligate the city to a higher rated type of debt, which will be payable from state shared taxes. And it's, it's envisioned that the, the higher ratings will lead to lower interest costs, which will lead to budget savings for the city. So that's the big news from Illinois, Chicago, and Chicago schools. Other troubled state news, Connecticut might be putting together its budget. It and uh, Pennsylvania are the only two states remaining without a budget yet. And Pennsylvania looks like it, they might have something together soon. But in Connecticut, I want to focus on that one for a second because it looks as though the compromise between the two chambers will also involve some kind of bailout of Hartford, the capital city, which we all know has been going through a lot of difficulty and could default as soon as the end of this month when some short-term debt comes due. Uh, Got to have give hats off to the Connecticut Mirror with this scoop, but they reported this week that in order to avert bankruptcy, the state is willing to appropriate about $20 million in funds to Hartford through the Municipal Accountability Review Board which is, from what I understand, a, a task force that would help out distressed cities and municipalities in Connecticut. Uh, the re- review board only gets about $28 million a year under the budget compromise, but most of it would go to Hartford. Uh, Mayor Bronin of Hartford has said that his city needs about $40 million a year in order to get out of its current uh, fiscal distress. Whether or not that $20 million is going to be enough, obviously the, the numbers just don't add up in broad strokes, but there is a, an additional proposal within the rescue to provide about $20 million in funding for debt service for the next couple of years for the city. If that $20 million comes from the $20 million at the Municipal Accountability Review Board, we'll have to see, um, and we'll have to see also Mayor Bronin's reaction to it. it. It's pretty clear that everybody's pretty much on the same page about the city's insolvency. Um, one of our reporters, Javier Balmaceda, was in Hartford this week at a conference about bankruptcy, and he spoke with Kevin Orr, who I'm sure everybody remembers is the was the emergency manager of Detroit, and he's now back at Jones Day. And he pretty much said that if Hartford did file for bankruptcy, and it's not a done deal because there's all sorts of hoops the city would have to jump through, there would uh, it would no doubt pass the insolvency test, which is one of the eligibility requirements uh, for Chapter 9 bankruptcy. 
So it was, uh, it was certainly a lot going on in Hartford and other sort of Chapter 9 news. There is a, there's a bankruptcy that we love to follow out in California, uh, Tulare Healthcare District, and it too has not yet gone through its eligibility trial. Uh, what's, what's interesting about this is that it's essentially, as a healthcare district, it, r- it raises a special assessment revenue or just special revenue to help fund the hospital. And, uh, but it contracted with a group called Healthcare Conglomerates Associates. Uh, it does, the, the board for Tulare Healthcare does not get along with Healthcare Conglomerate Associates. So right after filing for bankruptcy, which was really only a couple of weeks ago, Tulare attempted to reject uh, a conglomerate associate's contract, which is pretty amazing for them to try and fast track something like that. Normally you have to go through an eligibility trial where including testing whether or not you're solvent or not, you have to sit there and show the judge that you're authorized to file for bankruptcy under Chapter 9 and that you attempted to negotiate with your bondholders in good faith to reduce your debt. They haven't had to do any of that yet. And with any Chapter 9, that's, those are the steps that you have to go through. So uh, HCCA um, has decided that they, uh, not only are they objecting to the rejection of their contract, but they've also signaled that they'll probably object to the actual eligibility of Tulare to file for Chapter 9. So that's another interesting case we're looking at. Yeah, that's pretty common. Pretty much every bankruptcy case, people fight about eligibility. That's why it was so interesting in Hartford that Orr has already said, like, this one hurdle's been cleared. And yeah, of course, the Tulare, there's going to be that eligibility fight. Yeah, I, I, I don't know um, really what the argument would be from healthcare conglomerate associates. They did note in their objection to the motion to reject their contract that I believe uh, healthcare, excuse me, Tulare Healthcare District owes them about $7 million, and that's a debt right there. Um, so, you know, maybe that helps Tulare get over the other stage, which is they tried to negotiate in good faith and, and wish to reduce their debts. Obviously, I don't think they really want to pay healthcare conglomerate associates, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that one unfolds. That one's certainly fascinating to watch. You don't see many hospitals restructuring under Chapter 9. No. Um, and, and finally, what is a muni lowdown without Puerto Rico? There are a couple pieces of news out this week. There's been a lot of interest in a um, bondholder list that was published earlier this week. We have done a work, some work there on the 2019 forms. There are forms that are basically disclosures for the bankruptcy court in terms of who holds this debt. So a lot of that stuff is on our website if you are a DebtWire Muni subscriber, which you should be. Um, and then the other thing we're looking at in Puerto Rico is that there is a hearing next week. And usually we don't talk about every single hearing that happens in Puerto Rico because there's a lot there. But this will be the first hearing after Hurricane Maria. And it's a pretty, um, it's about the COFINA agent, which is something we've talked about before. But essentially, it's someone who is helping work through the Puerto Rico Sales Tax Financing Corporation, known as COFINA Bankruptcy. And this agent wants permission regarding the retention of local counsel and clarifying payments of fees. There's been some back and forth because this agent wants to maintain a financial advisor, uh, which would advise on the sales and use tax structure and legality, and the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico has not supported that measure. Yeah, in fact, I think Judge Swain, actually with the, the motion to hire a financial advisor for the COFINA agent, actually rejected that. I think the um, the COFINA agent wanted to hire, I want to say it was Centerview or Centerbridge. 
But, yeah, it, it, Judge Swain uh, earlier this week said, no, you can't hire them. I really don't see any reason why. But nevertheless, there's going to be a hearing next week, and I think everybody will be watching it just to get some color for how the island's disaster recovery efforts are intersecting with PROMESA's restructuring. Yeah, that is definitely a story that remains to be told. Um, and then the day after that hearing, DebtWire Munis will be hosting a webinar. So if you want to hear from those of us that are on the podcast that you usually hear, along with Javier Balmaceda and Severa Negros Crescioni, they're the rest of our Puerto Rico team, they'll be joining us. So um, check that out on Thursday next week. Shameless plug, but that's okay. Whatever. I'm going to be on it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Muni Lowdown. <laughs>